If you were able to walk into a room confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here's the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Mickey Gaffin-Stone. Good morning, everyone. I'm delighted that you're here and welcome everybody who is coming in live, whether that's Facebook or YouTube, or I don't even know all the places we're at now. I know there's more than 450 places where you can find me right now. Like that's that's pretty wild and kind of intimidating, but let's roll with it. I am your host, Mickey Gaffin-Stone, and you're listening to Navigating Complicated Relationships here on the Inspired Choices Network. Today's topic is reconnecting in relationships, and that is, it's a huge topic, so let's see how far we can get today. Do you sometimes feel lost or neglected in your relationships? Do you find yourself wondering where you or they went wrong? Do you wonder if there's nothing to do but walk away with as much dignity and self-respect as you can? Or do you want to reconnect in your relationships? Sometimes this is both possible and well worth the effort. But what does it take to reconnect successfully? How do you know when to stay and when to walk away? We've previously talked about the importance of understanding your own energy flow and behavior patterns, that bringing in human design and applied behavior analysis. Um, you might also recall that your sense of identity and conscious self-perception can change everything. And think about it. It does. I mean, you're looking through your lens, your perspective, and what you see is affected by that. So sometimes the an understanding of how the other person operates energetically and where that disconnect actually occurs, that, that can help you understand the barriers and the obstacles. They can be seen and addressed, and it's often possible for you to work together and build the future as you want it to be from there. So today, if we have time, I'll get to the human design piece of reconnecting in relationships, but I'm certainly going to use behavior change science and give you a whole lot of really juicy information to help you better understand yourself and the dynamics of your interactions with others, whether we're talking colleagues, clients, parent, child, um, we, we're going to really look more, I would say, at partners today, but you can take this information and apply it to other relationships, right? Like, think about the nuggets that you're going to hear, take those and apply them. So are you ready for some really cool information coming up? First of all, before we launch into that, I would just like to let you know who I am, in case you haven't heard me before. My name is Mickey Gaffin-Stone, and I'm a board-certified behavior analyst. I've studied a lot. I like to study. It's my thing. So I have four degrees. I have more than 40 certificates in all kinds of things. <laughs> One day I'll make a bedspread and put a picture of it out there for you to see. Um, that was my kid's suggestion. Anyway, I have all these certificates. I have all this sort of learned knowledge, and then I have spent my life traveling the world. Um, I, I'm really interested in cultures and how people do the things they do, why. And so all of this has led to a lifetime of learning about behavior. So 
I am definitely the person to talk to about this stuff from different angles. I, I have a lot of different approaches there. And as such, I, I also do coaching one-on-one. And I just want to mention right now, don't let everybody know because there's, there's just enough room for maybe 10 people all, to, all together. I do one-on-one coaching for six months, and then we all end up in an amazing cruise. Like seriously, a cruise for a week. Could be Mediterranean, could be Caribbean. We have to talk about that. So I'm just dropping that little nugget there for you to think of. And there's also group coaching too. So anyway, without further ado, let's launch into some of the juicy information. And the last episode, I talked about the difference between the state of mind and your goal. And a state of mind, state of being is things like, are you happy today? You know, people often put happy as a goal, but it it isn't. It's not something that takes time to work to. It's something you can choose. There's a a point to me telling you this and I'll get there in a moment, but let's just go with happy and state for right now. If you want to put yourself in a happy frame of mind, a happy state, start the day with gratitude and appreciation because gratitude presupposes abundance, right? If you're coming from a place of, wow, I'm so thankful that I have all these things. I do this thing. I have my health, family, whatever it is you're going to start with. There's lots of things that puts you in a frame of mind that's positive. Now, from that frame of mind, you can look at your relationships and reconnecting in them, coming from a positive lens, a positive place. Now, I don't know if you're in that place or not, but let me give you an example of a couple that I worked with who were able to be positive about the possibilities. They they were having difficulties with each other. They weren't understanding each other. Definitely not on the same page. And that they just their business was struggling. They were looking to move house. That was a struggle getting the financing. You know, they had issues on so many levels and each of them was thinking it was the other one that was was the problem. The other one was not doing things the way they were supposed to or they they weren't letting them do things the way they were supposed to. You know, there was a lot of story and assumption around that. So we worked together. I used human design as the basis to figure out what the energy patterns were and where they were getting in each other's way and where they could help each other. And in a pretty quick space of time, I would say a few months, really, the two of them understood each other so much better and could recognize the sort of the the talents and the skills that they had missed in the other person and acknowledge them and give them space to develop those. And we we sort of created a safe space where each person could bring forward their concerns and bring forward their strengths and so on. And we ended up with a a very sort of functional, happy relationship. And, you know, a few months later now, another six months or so, they're doing really well together. They're, They're enjoying their life. They've made that complicated move. Their business is doing well. And most importantly for me, their relationship's doing really well. So what are you bringing to this conversation? How are you thinking about the relationship that you particularly want to reconnect with? 
is it something that's is, is it a relationship that is sort of just struggling a little and you can find some areas to work on is it a communication problem very often our communication patterns are the the deepest issue and I don't know but I'm just going to throw it out there would you happen to be generation x or dealing with somebody who's generation x because here's the thing what what are your role models like when you're gen x your parents were probably boomers and if they were boomers then they were working and they were working hard to avoid the lack that they experienced as kids this is what they knew and they didn't realize that you know giving the child a door key and saying hey get yourself some breakfast go to school come back later and don't burn the house down wasn't really parenting you know it, it was not really connecting on important levels and this this left some big gaps there was a lot of expectation and not a lot of how to now fast forward to our relationships right now and there's some dysfunction there's some disconnection in relationships because we don't really have a template for how to do that it wasn't modeled for us so think of your role models and think of their relationships how did that go for them how is it going for them are you in fact having a problem with somebody who's in generation x if so you know understand that they're coming from a difficult place it's it's um a case of well we're not going to tell you how to do things you just have to kind of get it out of the ether so if you don't have a good role model there who can you think of that does have a good functioning relationship that you've seen you've witnessed in action what do they do that's different to you just think about that and make a little note somewhere. I'm hoping you've still got the notepad from last week. Make a little note somewhere to, to revisit this later and think about that person or those people. What do they do? How do they show up? How much focus do they have on the other person? Because I would bet that their focus is very much on the other person. What, what are they saying? What do they need? They're, they're very attentive because they don't want to miss something important. So that's just a thought for you to consider. And here's another thing, your values. Have you figured out your values? I mean, people bandy the word around a lot and people will say things like, oh yes, my values are honesty, integrity. Um, I don't know, looking after other people, um, you know, they, there's a lot of good words that we can use, but do we mean them? Is, is that really us? Maybe you value adventure. Maybe you value freedom, like personal freedom. Um, do you value open communication? Like, what are your values? That's another little note for you to write down, because we're going to be looking at that in some more depth, or you're certainly going to be looking at that in more depth, because we need to know, are your values clear and do your values align with your partner or your, you know, who, whoever it is you're looking at, if it's your child, your adult child, maybe. Um, do your values align? And where they don't, is that a problem? Do you have a boundary in place? And boundaries is 
such a big topic that we're going to get to that in a couple of weeks time all on its own. But we're going to address it a little bit today because it's important to cover what boundaries are. Because, again, you know what? Gen X never got taught how to set boundaries because they didn't have any. They weren't connected with enough to have boundaries. So, you know, that's that's something that is that missing in your relationship? Because if it is, that's something that we can work on to establish nice, solid boundaries that are clear. And everybody feels safer and more secure when they know where their lines are drawn. Let me give you an example. There's a lot of people have have issues with figuring out what a boundary really looks like. But let me just give you a, a description that perhaps you can resonate with. If you were working in an office, brand new job, first day, you go and sit at your desk, you have a computer, you have a, a rough idea of you know what your job is, you signed up for it after all, but the details, what are you expected to do today? How does that look? Who do you get the information to if that's what you're working on? Like, what does your day look like? If nobody tells you, what are you going to do sitting at that desk? Are you going to feel comfortable, secure and know what you're doing? Or would you rather somebody came and said, OK, these are the things I need you to do. This is what it looks like. This is where you do them. And this is the time frame I want them done by. Like, does that feel better? Because I know I feel a whole lot better when, for example, I know there's a break coming up, so I know that I can stop talking soon. And funnily enough, there's a break coming up and I can stop talking soon. But, you know, it's really good to have boundaries. So after the break, we are going to talk about that some more and carry on, hopefully, with some questions if you have some. I did bring a couple of questions in with me today. So I will see you after the break. Don't go anywhere. Hang on. There's more. I will talk to you soon. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Mickey, your host of 
navigating complicated relationships here on Inspired Choices Network. And our topic is reconnecting in relationships. And I just want to take a moment to remind you that you can coach with me as well as listening to me on here. So if you have something that's really important for you to work on, oh, an important relationship perhaps, then just send me an email or go to my website, www.gaffinstone.com and book a call with me so that we can have a little conversation about what that might look like. I'm open to working with you and ready to help. So just want to mention that before we jump back in. We began our conversation today with starting your day focused on gratitude to put you in a positive frame of mind so that you can be in the right space to reconnect in your relationships. Because if, if you're coming at this from a place of, grr, that person always does this, or they never do that, or hmm, they think something, something, then you're really not going to get very far. It's like stubbing your toe and expecting to run a marathon. It's not comfortable and you just can't move forward from there. So starting with gratitude is going to help you because, you know, very often our communication patterns are the deepest issue in the relationship. And if you're coming at that from a negative frame of mind, you're you're going to be stuck there for a while. That's just a, a basic you know, you, you can see how that would work. Um, also, role models. Think of those. I hope you made a note about this, because if you can come up with a few more role models, this this will start to show a theme to you of how people communicate effectively. Like what what kind of language do they use? Do they use a lot of you or do they use a lot of I? Are they clear in what they're stating? I suspect you'll find that those people will be. And do their values align? Because if your values align with the person you're in that relationship with, you're going to do a whole lot easier and better, quicker, because you're already sort of moving in the same direction. If your values are very different, that is a conversation you need to have to sort of sort out how important is it? And do you need to be on the same page? Can you be in a different space with those values? Depends on what the value is. You know, if one of you wants adventure and the other one doesn't, but one is allowing the other to be adventurous and the one that wants to be adventurous accepts to do that, then that that could work. You know, like how, how important is that value that you both share? So let's go back to the frame of mind for a moment and look at the subject of blame. Now, I'm going to mention this probably every week because it's such a huge deal. Like, it's so paralyzing. Blame just drives me nuts. Whenever whenever I see it somewhere, it's stopping the person who's doing the blaming because you're giving your power away. You're saying, oh, that's not anything I can do anything about because you did it, it's your fault. So you hand your power away. You can't do anything. You can't take action from there. If you're the person being blamed and you accept that blame, then you too can't do anything because you're busy beating yourself up or buying into these stories about how awful you are and you're stuck in blame. So again, you can't take action. You can't do anything to improve the situation. So if you tend to come from a place of blame, 
know that that is disempowering. And if you can put that down and not go into the blame, it might feel for the moment like you are, you know, nobody can tell me it's my fault because it's not me, it's them. But we're not talking fault here. We're talking blame. Fault is immaterial. It's really, are you allowed to take action? Are you allowing yourself to take action, to do things differently, to do things better? If you want to reconnect in a relationship, that is going to have to be a part of the deal. No blaming of yourself or of anyone else. You're giving your power away. And that is just it's not a place where you can work from. So by now, I think you would have a relationship or two in mind that you want to fix. So do you know? what the most important steps are for you to take first. How how close to this person are you? Are you be able are you able to have that conversation now or do you need to start some what we call pre-framing, which is sort of building things towards that conversation of these are things I'm concerned about. And one of the things you need to bring in here is intentional framing. Intentional framing is when you state the thing you're trying to get across to the person in a way that presupposes positive action. I'm going to explain that because that's that's a lot to handle. But for example, if I said, oh, what, um, let's see, what are we going to do with so-and-so when they come and visit? So the presupposition is this person's coming to visit. You know, it might not be the best example, but I think you can get where I'm going with that. So intentional framing shifts the focus and it brings forward an idea that this thing is happening. Now, what's the positive thing that comes afterwards? Another aspect that you can do is reframing. So one that's going to come up next week quite a bit in the show that I'm doing about teens is teens thinking of them as sort of bratty, badly behaved, hormonal human beings who are put on earth to drive you nuts. You you can have that view, a lot of people do, but how about looking at your teen as an adult in training? Does that reframe, shift how you look at that teen? Because that person, they're, they're learning to be an adult, but they're not there yet. So you have the fluctuation between I know all the things and I know what I'm doing and where's my teddy bear, you know, and and they can't help it. This is the stage that they're at. So can you reframe how you're looking at that teen and work with them from a place of how can I help you get through this and come out as a decent adult the other side? So that I'm I could go there right now because it's one of my favorite topics. But I'm going to leave that for next week. Parenting your teen is coming next week. So uh, come back for that. And because there's some good stuff there. If you've been a teen, you'll understand more. And if you have a teen, it's going to help a lot. Um, Yeah. And if you teach teens, if you're a teacher, you might want to come back for that. So framing and reframing. For example, If you speak in an ambiguous way, you say things sometimes in order to not sound aggressive 
or not sound assertive even, particularly for women, right? We're still having problems with being assertive. We'll get there. But if you speak with a lot of ambiguity, it could mean this, could mean that, you know, you're leaving it kind of unclear, then you're absolutely leaving yourself open to all kinds of interpretation that is probably not the one you want. So do you speak clearly? Can you speak clearly? It's worth practicing. Do you choose when you're framing? Do you choose a problem frame? Like we have an issue. We've got to sort this out. You never clean your room. It's it's a hot mess. Or, you know, if you're talking with your partner, this is a problem. You come home late at night. And, you know, I'm not happy about that. Well, okay, that's the problem frame. And you're setting yourself up for an argument. You're setting yourself up for pushback. How could you frame that with possibilities? I would love it if you come home at this time tonight or tomorrow night, whatever, so that we can have dinner together. You know, I'm really looking forward to having dinner with you. That's a different way of addressing the same problem of that person being out late, for example. And again, think back to your parents, especially Gen X, but not only. How were their relationships doing? Because remember, your parents were working, most likely, both of them working. Were they kind of frazzled? Was was the interaction good? Was it very hierarchical? Um, You know, what, what did you see? Again, make some notes. That notepad should be filling up by now. I hope so anyway. Um, Yeah, Generation X really didn't get a lot of how to. So in these communications with your partner, with your adult child, with your teen, you know, give yourself a break here. But it's time to learn some new tools, some positive framing. If you come in assuming attack, it's it's going to feel like an attack. So let's get away from that and get into the possibles. So on the subject of blame and not blame, what I'm saying then is own your mistakes. They're yours. It's it's not a blame thing. It's not a fault. It's a responsibility because once you accept, oh yeah, I messed up. Mm-hmm, that was that was the thing. Then you can look at how will I do that differently? What do I need to do next time? What happened there? And let me tell you something, those places where you make mistakes, that's the gold. That's actually what we're here for on this planet is to learn. And you learn from mistakes far more than you ever learn from the easygoing periods of your life, right? If you're just having a smooth time, which we're told in society everybody should have, your relationships should be happy and smiling and everybody's pleased with everybody. Um, That's not real. That's why it's not happening for you in that way. It's it's not a real thing. You can't sustain that. If you did, you'd be bored out of your mind. Challenge is where we grow. Challenge is where you learn things. So accept that there are rough patches, but be curious about them rather than blaming. What's happening here? Why did he say that? Why is she doing this? What's what does that all mean? And what what should I be doing here? What do I want to do here? What's my role? Lots and lots of questions. So, again, I hope you're writing these down because there's a lot of thought for you to do later. And again, remember, at every stage of the the process, this is not about blame. 
Nobody's judging anybody. That doesn't help. It just keeps you stuck. And we're here to get unstuck. So take action from a place of understanding that, yeah, you messed up. You're human. You do that thing. We all do that thing. When all is quiet, you can bring up these subjects with the person that you're reconnecting with. Let them know that you'd like a deeper connection with them. We're going to look at this very soon. Um, we have a break coming up shortly, so we'll we'll go into that in more detail at that time. But so far, I want you to think about your values. Who's blaming whom, if anybody? Do you need to blame? Do you have boundaries? Do you know what those are? I promised I'd go into that in a little more detail, and I will, but there is a whole topic coming up on that one. So don't worry about it if we don't get to too much today. And did you know that your human design will affect how these interactions need to happen? I'm probably going to have to do a whole show on that on its own because there's so much information there. But th these are all things for you to think about. So let me know how your questions are going. If you've got questions to let me have now, let me have them now or send them to me on social media. I'm available. Just look up Mickey Gaffin Stone and you will find me. Don't go anywhere. I will see you right after the break. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm delighted that you're here with me, Mickey Gaffin Stone, your host. And we are talking about reconnecting in relationships. I'm giving you a whole lot of things to think about, a whole lot of notes to make. So I hope you're making them. And the place we've reached right now is how can you reframe the way you address problems so that they come out as possibilities? You're asking for the possibilities. You're expecting and anticipating the possibilities and not the problems when you put your conversation together. Think about it before you speak so that you, you're saying really what you want to have come back to you, 
right? If you put a whole lot of grr out there, guess what's coming back? It's not going to be sweetness and light and it's not going to be butterflies. It's going to be a whole lot of grr. So think about how you're going to frame what you're saying. Remember, blame is paralyzing. So don't use blame. Um, If you can shift to a more positive outcome in your conversation, then you're off to a flying start. Now, the next question is, can you be objective when you're stating your position and your goals? This is key, actually. We use this in behavior analysis all the time. Subjective means I feel this, I think this, you know, more I feel, I guess. It's it's all about um, your perception. When you use objective language, you're stating what you see as fact. And that's that's a little more concrete and there's no emotion involved. So if you can state your position objectively, state where you how do you see such and such? You know, these are very non-emotional questions and will be very helpful for you. So I'm going to throw a few values questions at you so you get an idea of how you align. And also these are possible flags in your relationship, things that you need to work on. Because sometimes we know a relationship needs a deeper connection or it would benefit from one, but you're not quite sure where or how or so which bit of it is a problem You know, I just know I'm not really thrilled, but why am I not? So do you argue a lot? Do you, is one of you jealous? If you're jealous, why? What's the story behind that? There is an insecurity in jealousy that comes from perhaps early childhood experiences. Either way, it's jealousy is something that's not healthy in a relationship. So that there's a flag right there work on that, that if it's not something that the person experiencing it is prepared to work on, that might that might be uh, a deal breaker in a long term relationship. Honestly, is the person that you're in a relationship with emotionally available? Can you find out more about that if if they seem like they're not? Um Do you have a relationship where you used to be so engaged and you used to do a lot of small things together and and say nice things to each other and so on? And and now you sort of forgot you don't do that anymore. What was that? What was that like? Can you recapture that in your mind? What does it look like on a good day? And you can do this in any relationship that you have. Think about the best day that you've had with that person's company. What did that look like? What did you do? Why was it so good? Make some notes. I hope you're filling up your pages right now. Make some notes. Do you confide in that person if it's the right kind of relationship? I mean, if we're talking about a six-year-old here, maybe don't. But in fact, please don't. They're not old enough for that. But if it's an adult to an adult relationship, your partner, for example, do you confide in them? Do they confide in you? Or would you rather tell your best friend? If you're talking to your best friend before you talk to your partner, I'm going to say that's that's a sort of 
whoa, hang on a minute. Let's have a look at this and see what's happening. Why? Where Do you want to reconnect in that relationship? Do you want to connect in that relationship? Have you ever been that connected? Because that is a, a concern if you're confiding in someone else before you're confiding in your significant other or not confiding in your significant other. In your conversation, do you now use I more than we? Or does your partner use I more than we? And is that a change from earlier days? Because that can be a sign that there is a disconnection in progress. And again, this is a place where you have a conversation with your significant other about that. Like, hmm, what's why are you saying I when we talk about this particular subject? Just see if they even notice. But it, it is something for you to pay attention to, to be aware of. Do you consult each other on big decisions? Now, we all see the memes about, you know, coming home with a huge purchase and then stuffing it in the cupboard and pretending that, oh, that old thing. Yeah, had that for years. That, you know, on occasion, that might not be such a big deal. But is that something that you do as a habit that you don't consult each other on big decisions? Teamwork needs to be teamwork, right? So if that's something you don't do, ask yourself why not? All of these things that I'm bringing up for you to consider right now, get curious about them. If any of them make you stop and think, or if any of them annoy you, that is a trigger. And if it's a trigger, it means there's something there. So that's a great place to stop and have a look, right? I like the gritty stuff because that's where the learning happens. And that's actually the place you're looking for. So if you found something that's like, what is she talking about? Or that never happens here. Or we do that, but that's not a problem. Just stop and ask, ask yourself a few questions about that and think about it. I'm not saying it has to be a problem. I'm saying it needs to be looked at. So have you gotten to a place where the quirks about that other person, the little things they do that initially you found kind of charming, cute, funny, whatever it was for you, are they irritating now? Something has shifted if that's the case. And that is a warning sign to you to pay attention. Why is it now irritating? What happened in the narrative that changed for you? And is that on both sides of the coin? Like, does your partner have the same issues with you? Do you now get called out for things that used to be considered acceptable, funny, cute? You know, how did that shift? What happened? And is it a place where you can sort of untangle some knots that have built up there? It's something to look at, right? Now, if you've got a partner who is projecting their stress onto you, with a whole lot of blaming and shaming. We've, we've gone into that topic and, you know, it's it's a big one. It will keep coming up because it's so huge. If they're doing that, that is a conversation you need to have sooner rather than later. Being blamed for things is not a healthy place to live. You, you can't hold all of that sort of weight of the other person's responsibility. It's simply not progressive. It's It's not... You can't breathe from there, honestly. Is your partner putting you down? Do they belittle what you do? Do they belittle what you say? We're getting into some very difficult territory at this point. And 
you may want to take into consideration all the other things that we've just discussed. Do you want to reconnect with this person? Have a conversation about that, perhaps. It depends if you feel safe to do so. Um, But if someone's putting you down, you're already pretty far along on a very dysfunctional sort of disconnection route. So that one is that's more of a red flag than a yellow flag. That is a concern. Um, Do you lack communication? Do you not talk about things much that you used to talk about? Sitting in silence is fine. That can be companionable. You're both reading books or, you know, if you watch television, maybe you're both doing that. It's fine if it's companionable. But if it's silence because you ran out of things to say or you're just not interested in knowing what the other person's thinking, then again, is is there some way you can recapture the excitement that you once had? I'm going to make the assumption that you had some. And that's how you got this far. So, again, in that case, what what did a good day look like? How do you talk when you're coming from a positive frame of mind? What is that happy space? What can you recreate from that? So just sort of don't don't force any of these thoughts, but really just sort of let your mind wander back to happy times and look as objectively as you as you can. What was different then? to what you're doing now, because there will be differences. And how much of those differences are the two of you sort of slipping into patterns? And if so, can you change them together? Or are you going to make the first change? I don't know. Depends on where you are and what you feel comfortable to do. Um, If the other person won't compromise at all, it's my way or you're wrong. Well, that's another one of those red flags. Like, are you are you really in the right place? Are you with the right person? And if you really want to stay in a relationship like that, where they won't compromise and they're not really talking to you um, and maybe putting you down, like that requires some outside intervention, I would say, because there's a lot of unhealthy mechanisms in there that need unraveling at best or maybe you need to walk away with as much dignity as you can and, you know, not going down fighting kind of thing, but just heading on out of there. That can also happen, right? Like when we're talking about reconnection, doesn't mean every relationship can or should be saved, but the ones that are worth working on, there's a lot you can do. And just before we head off to a break shortly, I want to bring up the subject of menopause. What? Yeah, really. A lot of marriages go kablooey around menopause time. And this is because a lot of things are happening for the woman, like her hormones are shifting, the body's changing, all kinds of different things are happening. Sex drive can plummet. Um, There's just, you know, tempers can be frayed. There's a lot of things happening. Do you know what you're looking at? If your partner is going through menopause or has been through menopause if you if you're the male partner do you have any idea what you're coping with do you know what she's going through two women do you do you you each know what the other one's going through menopause is a subject for you to learn up about because that can affect relationships hugely and disconnections can happen so that's 
a, a significant point for you to think about in any relationship, whether it's your mother, your sister, your aunt, you know, you'll know somebody who's going to go through menopause at some point. So bear that in mind. Do you need more information on that subject? You might. And there are places where you can get that information. Um, we can get into that at another time. But these are some things for you to think about. So before you have those conversations, I want you to notice, name what your concerns are for yourself, and then be clear about what you want the possibilities to be before you start your conversation. We're going to go to break right now. So I am your host, Mickey Gaffin-Stone with Navigating Complicated Relationships. You're listening to the Inspired Choices Network, and we're all about reconnecting in relationships. Don't go anywhere. I will see you after the break. Thank you for listening. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm delighted you're still here. Thank you. And if you're tuning in live, that's so exciting. It's it's a new thing that's been added recently. And we have over 450 places for you to listen in, get this information. You can have replays. You can any notes that you miss taking, for example, go back and get those things, because all of these are jumping off points for your particular relationship. And they can be used in different relationships, too. So, you know, think about the different things that I've said as almost like a checklist and start with the most important relationship you're thinking of first. And then look through the other ones, too. There can be a, a sort of modified version for colleagues, even. Obviously, some of the more personal stuff isn't going to be applicable, at least yeah, let's just leave that on. <laughs> so you go through your checklists with each of the relationships and that you want working on. And notice if you have a whole lot of relationships that need working on, hmm, the most complicated one might be the one you have with yourself. Perhaps that's the place where you need to come back to and do some work. I recommend that you start with your human design there to discover where your energy patterns are in flow and whether you've got stories from your childhood, usually it's childhood, that kind of cover up the talent, the gifts, the natural you. They cover you up with these stories of you can't do that. That's no good. No, you know, and there's a whole lot of negative, negative, negative. Now, while we're on that story very briefly, I do want to point out that the people who give you those conditioning stories, keeping you small, keeping you limited, generally do so trying to keep you safe, right? It's not from malice. Sometimes it can be, but we'll go with the majority that it's not from malice. 
However, if it's not you, if it's not naturally, authentically you, then that is going to give you some limitations and some issues. And it can show up in your relationships. So if your parents had a dysfunctional relationship, if there's a lot of screaming at home or non-communication at home, chances are this is showing up in your relationships now. So that is something for you to work on. What patterns are you repeating? What have you picked up from your childhood, from the significant people in your life that you, you just took in as being, this is how it goes. This is what we do. This is the approach. And th that is something that we tend to default to. And, you know, when you're growing up and you think, I'm not going to do that thing my parent did, and I'm not going to do that that my parent did, and we have a whole lot of story about what we're not going to do, we're looking back at the problem and not forward at the possibilities. So this is where your framing comes in. If you find that you're looking back at dysfunctional relationships and repeating them, I invite you to turn around, take a fresh look, have some gratitude first to put you in the right frame of mind, and then look, if I wasn't doing that stuff from before, what could I be doing now instead? What would it look like if I did these things? What can you change? You know, think about a few things that typically spark an argument, for example. Is there a way you could express yourself differently? And are you being assertive or aggressive? Assertive simply means that you're stating your case and, and you're sticking to it. Aggressive is where you're forcing your case. You're yelling louder than the other person. You're being sort of more um, in their face, you know? It's like there's a difference between aggressive and assertive. And it, the language is interesting because women who are assertive are often referred to as aggressive. So think about that. If that's in your story, are you not being assertive because you don't want to appear aggressive? This is something to make a note. Think about it because that could be getting in the way of a healthy relationship for you. Now, I want to get to the point of if it's time to call it quits. If this relationship is not one you can reconnect to, let's address that. And I'm going to say, if it's time to call it quits, then extricate yourself as gently as you can. There's no need to be pointing fingers. This person did that. That person didn't do that. Like, it doesn't matter at this point. If it's time to go, it's time to go. Unless it's a toxic situation and the safety involved, you know, that's a different thing. And, and you already know that that is. You need to get out there as quickly as possible. But focusing on what's wrong with the other person as you go just keeps those ties going longer. It drags it out. It makes it painful for everyone. And nobody actually benefits. If you have kids involved, remember that when you're saying things about their other parent, you are describing 50% of their genetics. You're describing a person that they love because it's their parent. So much as you may have all kinds of dark feelings and thoughts about them, don't give them to your kids. Don't let your kids hear it. It doesn't help anyone. It's simply, you know, if you can walk away with a sense of completion of relationship, it might not be the timing that you wanted, but are you now complete? 
that will give you a whole lot of clarity and the ability to walk away and develop healthy relationships moving forward. So you know, these are things that I would really love for you to keep in mind. And if you know someone who's going through a breakup and they're getting into that fighting energy and yelling at each other and stuff, uh, remind them that their kids are listening, their kids are learning from this, and their kids will take it into their relationships later in life. So do do the thing, you know, get yourself out of there with as much grace and dignity as you can. There's no need to do it differently. Nobody needs to be at fault. And it doesn't matter if they are. It's simply this is where you've reached. So if that reconnection cannot happen, then disconnect cleanly. That would be my advice. And if if you, you know, if you like I said, if you know someone that's having problems with that and you would like help, um, or if you're having problems with that, I'm available to talk with you. I do one-on-one coaching and I can help you get through that situation with minimum fallout, at least on your part, because the other thing to remember is you cannot control what the other person does. So even if they are losing their grace, you don't have to lose yours. Okay. So that's when relationships cannot be reconnected. Now, uh, next week's show is all about parenting teens. So talking about connection and reconnection there, there's going to be a big piece in that about communication with your teens, because this is a crucial time to make sure that you keep a healthy relationship with your teen. You keep connected to them after they leave home. When that person, that that adult in training has become an adult, I believe the ideal is for them to want to talk with you voluntarily, not to feel guilted into it and not to feel that they have to and not to cut you off. Right. I see that happening in so many places and with some deeper connection, it doesn't have to happen. So that will be next week's show. And I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. Remember, you can find me at my website, which is gaffinstone.com. You can find me on social media. Um, You can email me, mickey at gaffinstone.com. Send me a message. Jump into chat on here. Find us live. There's so many places. You'll be tripping all over me. Any questions that you have, I would love you to send them to me. I enjoy asking questions. And if you have a topic that you'd like me to discuss on this show about complicated relationships, let me know and we will address it next time. Thank you for listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationships show. Mickey returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey. And with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.